Welcome to COC Cape Town Sermon Downloads. Enjoy this message. I want to continue talking to us about our series we started a few weeks ago, You Will Receive Power. And we've been talking a little bit about the things, basic analogies we used about the electricity cable we used, speaking about the, the, the outer pigment, our skin, black or white, whatever pigment you are in between that, and the fact that uh, the power does not lie on our skin, it does not lie on the outside of us. We looked at the three cables inside your skeleton structure, your body, your soul, and your spirit, your power doesn't lie there, your intellect lies there, your will lies there, your memory lies there, your emotions lie there, your spirit, you have a spirit, every man has a spirit, it has to be activated to become born again. So when you talk about the power, but yet the, the, the copper cable inside of these, uh, the example we use, the copper cable inside of these three cables, that's where the power lies. And the Bible says you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. So don't think it is your own power that you have. And that is the unfair advantage we have as born-again Christians, is we have a power that the world doesn't have. Can you say amen this morning? And I want to encourage us. I want to keep massaging this into us because as we're talking about the dunamis power of God, the power to recover all, the power to have breakthrough. We've had, we've had a, a, a rough two years the last while. I mean, we had our past advance with Pastor Atlas last week. And it was very encouraging, very challenging that we are, we are going to recover all as a move of God. We are behind. Why? Because we've lost ground because of this silly, this, this pandemic. And we have to make up that lost ground. But we can't do it in the power of our own strength. We have to use the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. That's why God has given you the power of what? To be a witness. Acts chapter 1 verse 8. So we saw that the power of the Holy Spirit is what? It's an enabling power. The power to be a witness. You have to get your witness, your Christian witness active again. You have to start to speak about the name of Jesus unapologetically. You have to speak to people about the Lord Jesus Christ. Not about the man upstairs, but about the Lord Jesus Christ. You have to be unapologetic. Can you say amen this morning? So we're talking about a residing power. There is always a power inside of this cable. We can't see it, but there is a switch on this lead cord. And whenever you activate the switch, which is your faith, represents your faith. When you activate the switch, the light comes on. So we cannot separate what the power of God that's in heaven and the manifested end on the earth. God only sends us power for a manifested end. God wants to achieve something on the other side of His power. It's not your power. It's not my power. It's His power that flows through us. But God wants us to, to achieve a result. That's why God gives us power. So when you activate the switch, if you keep the switch off, we know that the light doesn't come on. But the, the, the power does not disappear. It resides in this cable all the time. And so it is with you and me. The power of the Holy Spirit is in us all the time. And only when we activate it does it flow through us. If we choose to be a, a silent Christian, there is no power that flows through us. Then we wonder why our lives are not uh, breaking through. We wonder why we're not seeing the breakthrough God has intended for us because we're not allowing the power to flow through us. Can you say amen this morning? So last we're going to look at it. It's an excellent power. If you have the power of heaven in you, you cannot be a slothful Christian all of your life. You might start out like that. You might have a poverty mindset. You might have lack or limitation. You might keep your bumper on your car with a piece of wire. You might keep your exhaust on your car with a piece of wire. But you can't have the Holy Spirit of God inside of you and your life stays the same. You have to start seeing improvement in your life. That means your circumstances have to improve. Your, your, your daily living has to start improving. It's a journey. It's a journey of sanctification. I understand that. But you can't be serving God for 20, 30 years and you're still the same as what you were when you were born again the first time. Why? Because you have the power of God inside of you. And the Bible says what? Heaven is a perfect place. We all look towards the day when we're going to go to heaven, where there is no pain, where there is no suffering, where there is perfection in heaven. The Bible said we need to pray, what? God's will in heaven down to earth. 
So if God's will in heaven is perfect and you have got the same power that's in heaven inside of you, then our lives have to start to improve. We have an excellence in us. Can you say amen? But it's also an influential power. It pertains to wealth. We spoke last week about God doesn't give you the power to get rich. Riches are a manifestation, amen, of the things on this earth. You can accumulate riches, but God's give you the power to get wealth, which is to be or to do, is to make a difference. It's what you do with your riches that makes you a wealthy person. So God does what? He comes to you. He heals your broken heart. That's what He does, the work in you. Then He sends you to heal other broken hearts. You can't just be a Christian who is blessed uh, with income or blessed with a whole heart or blessed you were set free from drugs, but you're not helping other people who are drug addicts at the moment. That means you become a wealthy person. If you understand wealth, wealth is the ability to do something for someone else that God did for you initially. Now you are becoming a wealthy person. Amen. If you are a rich person, and you've got a lot of money in the bank and you keep all those riches to yourself well that's what the bible says you're going to die with those riches and never amount to anything of purpose in god's kingdom why because he's blessed you with riches in order to get rid of those riches to become wealthy can you say amen get a copy of last week's message but this morning i want to talk to us about the fifth meaning of dunamis and it means numerical power get ready for next week amen we're concluding next week about a forceful power there is a generation in the kingdom of God today in the church of Jesus Christ that doesn't understand the forceful power of the Holy Spirit. You have a force inside of you. There is a difference between power and force. Amen. A force is what flows through you. The Bible said our battle is not against flesh and blood. There's natural strength. We see uh, WWE or UFC or whatever you watch. Those are guys in the, rings and the, in the ring and they belt it out and they use their strength to beat each other. But the Bible said our fight as Christians is not like the UFC. We don't fight people physically. You have to understand there is a force that comes out of you. So when you pray, when you speak, are you able to shift things in the, in the spiritual realm that manifests on the earth? Are you able to speak the name of Jesus? Do you understand how to activate the force of the Holy Spirit in you? The Bible says that sometimes they came to the apostles and they said, Apollos, we know, Paul, we know, but who are you? Because sometimes we pray and the devil doesn't even take, he doesn't even mind you praying because we've, there's no force that comes out of us because we don't really understand the power. We're trying to pray in our own strength. Amen. Be here next week. Uh, by the way, we're starting our baptism services last uh, next week, the next three weeks. If you weren't here on Sunday night when everyone passed out announced, we are going to be baptizing people, not first time baptisms. Yes, if you want to, you're welcome for that as well. But Pastor Ad said he felt the Lord saying to him, in the month of February, we're going to get back to the place where we're going to build a memorial for God again in this month of February, where we're going to have baptism pools from next Sunday outside. And you can watch our social media platforms. And this is not something of our flake or whatever. You can be serving God for 10, 20 years. But you're going to come and say, Father, this year, this is the year of many breakthroughs. I'm coming back to you. I'm going to lay down the things that have, have maybe encroached in my life. I'm going to give you back. I'm going to give my life back to you. So many people are bound by so many things. So many people are bound by alcohol again and drugs and, and all kinds of things. People have gone back to their old habits in lockdown. And we're going to come over the next three weeks. Watch our social media platforms for dress codes and all kinds of things. And it's nice and hot now so you can cool down as well. Amen. So after the services, we're going to allow people to able to make a memorial for God. And we're going to say, Father, we're going to get back to you. So if that's you, let the Lord speak to you this week. Come prepared. Come ready to say, I'm going to lay certain things down. Don't take it lightly. Don't take it by the wayside. Come and say, Father, this year, I'm believing you again. This is my year of many brothers. I'm going to make a memorial on the 13th of February or the 20th of February was the day I recommitted myself in this area back to you. And we're going to start to see God do great and mighty things. Can you say amen this morning? But I want to talk to us this morning about the fifth meaning, which is numerical power. 
And I want to encourage your faith today. I want to challenge you because many of us are thinking too small. Many of us are thinking too of lack and limitation. It's not a financial teaching this morning, but it's it's going to encourage you to understand that God wants you to think about, about numerical power that's in you. Amen. So you'll receive power to increase in numbers. So when you allow the power of God to flow through your life, you have an enabling power to increase in resources and numbers. That's what the, the meaning of dunamis means. So God is into numbers. And if you know, God is so into numbers that He called the whole book in the Bible numbers. Amen. That's how much God loves numbers because God is into numbers. Amen. So we are impacted and influenced by numbers every day of our lives. The numbers of rands in your bank account, it's a number. The number of liters in your petrol tank, it's a number. Numbers affect us all the time. The number of the kilograms on the scale after December, it's a number. Amen. The numbers affect us all the time. To to be a Christian and not to understand numbers, amen, is ignorance, it's naivety, it's foolishness. We have to understand God is into numbers, amen. I mean, the last year we've been bombarded with what? The number of COVID cases in our country or the number of days we were in lockdown. Numbers play a big role in our lives all the time. We have ID numbers, we have passport numbers, we have cell phone numbers, we have password numbers for our computers and our technology, whatever it is. You've got a number for your bank card. Numbers play a significant role in the life of Christians and humans. Can you say amen this morning? So to say, I, well, I don't care about numbers is to be naive or ignorant, like I said. So the Bible says what? The dunamis power of God, of the Holy Spirit, enables you to grow in resources and increase in numbers. Look at the church. I mean, we've lost ground in numbers. I'm, th- I'm glad you are here today and I'm glad we are recovering. But we have to get back to the place where we have to get people that have become comfortable with lockdown. Many Christians have backslidden in this time. Many people have got, left the church and have now become comfortable in saying, well, you know, I've got into a bad habit of not going to church. And we have to recover those losses. Can you say amen? We have to be sure that God's kingdom grows in numbers. Amen. Because God is into numbers. I mean, we have to get people that are backslidden back into church. We have to get people that have drifted from their faith back into church. I mean, people have stopped giving. It's numbers. People have stopped serving. It's numbers. Everything has to do with numbers. Look at your own uh, uh, personal world. Look at your own bank account. Look at your own year. Look at what are you believing God for your goals, your vision. It's numbers. Numbers play a significant role. And the Bible says the dunamis power of God enables us to increase in resources and numbers if you haven't got resource if you haven't got the ability to do things on this earth you live a limited life amen and it's not about you having a lot of stuff it's about those things of the, uh, the should not control you but those things are you able to use those things for the glory of God take for example the, the church we challenged ourselves again this last week at, at the advance that Cape Town we have to build a big 5,000 seat auditorium in Cape Town but guess what that takes numbers it takes money it takes resources it takes people like you and me to, to be committed to a cause greater than ourselves land to buy land it takes numbers amen and so many people want to live in the shallow waters of God but God says the dunamis power of God gives you the power to increase in numbers amen say with me this morning say Lord increase my capacity to grow in numbers amen so we not only have to recover all losses but we have to break through to new levels of church commitment and attendance to new levels of financial stewardship to new, new levels of members serving and getting involved again 
So how will we do that? Well, we have to get back to the place where we activate what the power of the Holy Spirit. We have to understand that you have the power to be a witness. You have to invite your world to church again. You have to get active in the things of God. You've got to invite your world. You have to realize that your life has a purpose greater than yourself. There are many people moving to Cape Town and rightly so. Welcome. If you're moving here for the first time this year, great to have you here. But do you think God relocates you as a born-again Christian for lifestyle? Do you think God relocates you for an ocean or a mountain? No, God relocates you for purpose. So you can't lose yourself in Cape Town and buy yourself a bicycle. Amen. I come from the Northern Cape. The highest thing we had there was a flyover. Amen. So I used to run over the flyover all the time. That was the highest point. I used to eat the fries when I got on top of the, of, the, of, the, of the flyover. Now, I mean, you come to Cape Town, you've got a mountain. You have a no copy for yourself a mountain bike. Now you've got this helmet on your head with a selfie on a Saturday morning, and you're now a mountain biker. Amen. And I'm glad for you, but make sure you don't mountain bike on a Sunday. Make sure you don't go on a yacht cruise on a Sunday. Why? Because I am, am going to be a number in God's house. I'm going to be a seat. In, the, in God's house. I, numbers are important to God. Can you say amen this morning? Amen. So God wants to turn your trials into triumphs. God wants to turn your opposition into opportunities. God wants to turn your barrenness into blessing. God wants to turn your valleys into victories. How does He do that? By you activating the power of the Holy Spirit. By something shifting in you to understand that God has called you what? To understand numbers. Look at electricity. We've spoken about this over and over in the series. I mean, when you come into Cape Town at night, if you ever have flown into Cape Town at night, you'll notice that there are many lights that shine. So there's one power source that feeds the city, but there are hundreds of thousands of lights that the power of, of Eskim has to light up many lights in our city. So, so Eskim doesn't send us power just for one light. Eskim sends us power for hundreds of thousands of lights, numbers. So the same with you. There's one power source that flows through you but God says, through you, I can let you deal with multitudes of numbers. There can be millions and billions that can flow through you. If you shift in your mind that I have the dunamis power of God to understand numbers, I can increase in numbers. Because if you're always under the hammer financially, it's because you lack the understanding of numbers. You've settled at a place, what? Of average. You've settled at the place of just enough. You've settled at the place of, of maybe I haven't got enough. You've settled at the place of worry and doubt. You've settled at the place of lack. And you have to understand that God doesn't activate the power of the Holy Spirit in you just so you can have, what? Average. God says, no, I want you to have more than enough. Look at Jesus' life. He multiplies uh, 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 loaves and fishes, uh, a few loaves and a few fishes. He multiplies the what? It to feed 20,000 people. God takes the fisherman's nets and he multiplies it to an overload of breaking. This is the God we serve. But God says, What? I want to show you that I'm not afraid of numbers. Amen. Are you here this morning? I mean, Jesus had 12 disciples. It's a number, but with 12 committed people, he changed the world. You don't need to start out with a lot. You need to start out with conviction. You need to start out with a full persuasion. God, use me. Use my life. Let vast amounts of numbers flow through me. Why? Because I am a channel for you. Amen. I am a conduit of faith. I am a conduit of the Holy Spirit. I'm just a conduit. The Holy Spirit is inside of me. I'm just a conduit. And if you'll allow the power of God to flow through you, instead of just switching on one light, God will use your life to switch on millions of lights. Why? Because you've allowed God to flow through you here this morning. And you might, sometimes people sit with a cynical look and they go, this church all about numbers. Well, again, I say to you, just go to your ATM at the end of the month when, they, when, your, when your boss pays you and see if there's no money in your bank account, if you won't send HR a message immediately. 
Why is it in certain areas we're concerned about numbers? But when it comes to God's kingdom, we take it so nonchalant. We think it's someone else's responsibility. No, God says what? I've saved you to help me advance my kingdom. I've saved you to commit to my kingdom. I've saved you to contribute towards my kingdom. When you leave your seat on a, on a Sunday, when you, don't, when you shut your home cell down, God's kingdom feels the impact of your lack of numbers because you've disappeared from your position. Can you say amen this morning? And we need to activate people back into their faith because they have a power to be a witness. Can you say amen? So the same goes for human vessels. When a person avails himself to be a conduit for God's power to flow through, vast numbers will manifest at the ends of God's power. Look at your Bible, Acts chapter 2 verse 36. And the Bible says, Therefore let all the house of Israel know assuredly that God has made this Jesus, whom you crucified, both Lord and Christ. Now I want you to understand the context here. There is a man called Peter. Peter was what? You know the story. He said to Jesus, I'll, I'll never I'll forsake you. I will die with you, Jesus. Like many Christians. Oh Lord, use my life. Oh Lord, I'm committed. Oh Lord, I'm going to build your kingdom. But the minute the pressure comes or the minute something else comes into their life, they disappear. And Peter was like this. He promised to Jesus, I will never leave you nor forsake you. And the minute the, 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 he, was, he faced persecution for his faith, the Bible said he denies Christ. Why? Because the power of God at that stage was on the outside of him. It was next to him. Christ was the power. Peter hadn't yet received the dunamis power inside of him. And so when you haven't got the dunamis power, that's why religion is such a limiting thing. Because sometimes you, you're a believer, but you've never received the power of the Holy Spirit. And so you go through religious acts. You do religious things. You make religious signs. You follow religious systems or whatever it is. But there's no power in you. There's a, there's a, there's a, there's a compromised, comfortable Christian belief in you, but there's no power. The Bible says in the last days, many will what? They will have, will have a form of godliness, but they'll deny the power thereof. Amen. And the power lies in what you can move for God's kingdom. Can you move something for God from here to there? Can you take a place where there is no home cell on a university campus and plant a home cell? That's power. Can you take what your house and open it up and take people and minister to them? Can you lay your hands on the sick and you start to see the sick recover because you have power inside of you? Amen. It's not your power. But it's a conduit for God's power. Amen. Can you grow something for God? Can you take your hard-earned money at the end of the month and look at the computer screen and EFT, bam, and let that number disappear out of your bank account because you are a builder of God's kingdom? Or do you hoard all the numbers for yourself? Do you live in worry and doubt and fear what you'll eat or drink or wear or put on? God says, well, as long as you're worrying about yourself, He says, you, you, you stop my power from flowing through you. Are you here this morning? So Peter comes. He's received the Holy Spirit. He was in the upper room with Jesus' mother. The Bible says, and suddenly the sound of a mighty rushing wind comes. Everybody needs a day when he has a God encounter. You can't be effective for God without having a day when you encounter God. 120 people, the Bible says, in the upper room. Not vast millions of people. 120 people found themselves in a place where Jesus said, go to this place. I, I was in this place where in Israel, where they predict it was where the Holy Spirit was manifest. And I must say to you, it's maybe this little block over here. It's maybe that the building's that size. It wasn't even a big room. But the Bible says there came a sound as of a mighty rushing wind, like our southeaster that blows here. And what was it? It was God sending power. The Bible doesn't say it was a gentle breeze. The Bible said it was like a tsunami wind. Why? Because God says, whenever I send power, I don't send it in drips and drabs. I send it in force. Now, what happened? They were filled with power. And the same timid, insecure, 
over-promising, under-delivering Peter gets filled with power. So when you read the scripture verse, it's now Peter filled with power. This man who denied Christ before a young 12-year-old girl, he denied Christ before a school child. That's how unafraid he was, how ashamed he was of Jesus. Yet he promised Jesus, I will die with you. Like many Christians, we want to do great things for God. But until you don't understand, you have to allow the power of God to flow through you. Because it's not your power. It's not your shame. It's His shame on Calvary. He said, if they hate you, remember they first hated me. If they reject you, they first rejected me. Don't take God's kingdom personal. If people reject you for the name of Jesus, it's because why? You're allowing the power to flow through you. If no one rejects you for Christ, there's no power in you. If your family haven't got issues with your faith, it's because you most likely haven't spoken to them in power, not in judgment. Same thing. Amen. We're not looking for manifested things that are in people's lives. We want to know, can you move something for God? Can you move something for God? Jesus sent His disciples on a reconnaissance trip often. He said, take no money with you. Why? Because He wanted them to move something with their faith. He said, go into a house and find a man of peace. Some people will be waiting for God to break through, but God must do everything. He says, no, you must move. And when you move by faith, believing that you will receive, You'll have whatever you believe. Amen. If you can believe. The power's in you. But let the power flow through you. Are you here this morning? So the Bible says what? Therefore let all the house of Israel know. Now this man's preaching. There's no feet and flum. That God has made this Jesus whom you crucified. Both Lord and Christ. Unashamed is this man Peter now. Now when they heard this. They were cut to the heart. Why? Because he's full with an anointing. When you speak to people in the name of Jesus, they should be cut to the heart. They should not run away from you and feel worse off than they were before. Then you are a legalist. God hasn't called you to be a legalist. God hasn't called you to be the judge of the church. There is one righteous judge. You are called to be a conduit of faith for Christ. Amen. And the Bible said what? He said, now when they heard this, they were cut to the heart. And they said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do when you are finished preaching purpose and life to people? They want to do something with their lives. They want to join you on your journey of faith. If you're not attracting people towards you, amen, then you are using what? Your strength and not God's power. Because when God's power flows through you, people are attracted to the power of God, amen. Oh yeah, this morning. That's why don't get moved by a preacher's gift, amen. It's just the power of God that flows through the preacher. Don't serve a man of God. He might be cool, slick. He might be a great orator. But let's see if the brother is still around 30, 40 years from now. People like Pastor Brian, who I can tell you from the pulpit this morning, have been serving God 50 years. People like this that are still in the race. Amen. Not moved by all the whims and fancies. Pastor Brian doesn't wear leather pants. If he does, we'll, we'll take him to HR and counsel him. Amen. But Pastor Brian, Auntie Margaret. Apostles, generals in the faith, not big resumes. I can go through the, the congregation this morning and see people sitting here. They were saved many years ago. They've, they've endured the test of time. Yet we've got a young generation that want to do great things for God. But at the first form of persecution, the first form of wooden obstacle, we fall over. Now you have power, my brother, my sister. You have a force in you that's greater than any force on this earth. But you have to allow the power to flow through you. Oh, yeah, this morning. So he says, what? He says, therefore, Peter said to them, repent. You can't tell somebody to repent if you haven't got power in you. Because you had a day when you repented. 
You were lost and now you found. You were blind and now you see. You understand? You were there. You are a witness to the day the Holy Spirit filled you. You know who you are. You know what you got up to. The, the person people see now, they go, how can it be? You say, I don't know myself. People ask me, my old school friends. They say to me, did you take a course to do what you do? I said, well, whatever. No. I just went to church one day and a guy preached the gospel. And I just said, I need to repent. And I gave i came to the front of a service like this i gave my life to christ no lightning bolt no thunder i just said jesus i'm sick and tired of being sick and tired and the man said what do you want i said i want to be saved and he put his head on my chest and he prayed and bam power the sanctification journey began i wasn't a pastor i then just was moved by a cause greater than myself i said what can i do and I started to plant the grass at our church. I started to clean the toilets. I started to pack out the instruments. We had a tent and we used to pack away every week. Then I started to pack out the instruments. I just availed myself as a conduit for God. I just availed myself after church, after work in the week, the tent would blow every Thursday night. I would go to the church and I'd jump over the fence because I didn't have a key even. The one time they sent the police because they thought I was breaking into the church. And I said, no, I'm just a member coming to straighten the sandbags because no one's doing it. So I came and I straightened the sandbags. Why? Because I was moved by a cause greater than myself. Then I said, I'm going to become an usher. So I had my white shirt, then my red shirt. And I still challenge any usher in this church. I can pack a chair straighter than you. Amen. Pastor, that's a lie. We didn't use strings. Amen. Serving. And every time my pastor said, who will? I said, I will. Who will give? I will. Who will come and do this? I will. I mean, I, I, I tell you these stories, not because I, I try to move your, I try to encourage your faith. You look at, you go, oh, it's a pastor today with a microphone. But it started with nothing. It started with just serving in the house of God. A conduit. I played rugby. I was a talented sportsman. And I was playing club rugby the one time. And the then incumbent Springbok rugby coach, which came from, was in our city. And he was then the Springbok rugby coach. And I played, we didn't know professional sport. We used to play rugby for a Coke and a pie. You could choose steak pie or steak and kidney. That was the option here. Coke or Fanta. That was the option we had. We didn't get money for to play rugby. We played for the love of the sport. Amen. Wasn't even my contract. This was just we played. We used, to, we used to eat Coke and pies. That's all we got. If you won the final, two Cokes and six beers. That was it. Amen. So the, 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 the Springbok rugby coach comes to my club coach and he says to my club coach that... Um, that guy's got talent. Do you know that he, he, I see potential to become a Springbok? Now, I didn't say this because I was a Springbok. He just saw the potential in me. But I didn't understand, we didn't understand professional sport. We, no, we had no clue. So my coach comes to me one night and he says to me, Aiden, he says that the Springbok rugby coach says that he believes you can become a Springbok rugby player if you apply yourself. And so I said, sure, whatever. I mean, I, I, mean, I, I don't know what to say because I've got a job. I've got kids. I, I want to, you know, what must I say? So we just played rugby. And the one day, we're playing, they choose the provincial seven-a-side team. So he wants to give me a chance now, the Springbok rugby coach. So he walks up to me, he comes to the practice, and he says, he calls me. So he goes, he goes, Jeffrey. So I get, yes, coach, walk up. He was a tall, he was a little bit taller than me. And I, I sort of looked up to him, and he goes, I'm still, we're training. And he goes, I've chosen you for the provincial side for Saturday, seven-a-side. So I go, problem, coach. He says, what's the problem? I said, no, we've got an outreach at Pick and Pay on Saturday. I can drama spiel. We're reaching people for Jesus. He goes, what? So I go, yeah, it's like a long story. So he goes, but I'm telling you, you must play Saturday. I said, no, I can't. I said, I've got to be at pick and pay. I said, I've got to go and reach souls for Jesus. Now, listen, now, please don't do that to you. If you today, if God says to you, go play for the Springboks, then we'll pray for you. Pray for the Springboks. Don't do what I did. It was, it was, it was maybe foolish. 
But I, 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 I turned down an opportunity to play for my province because I had an outreach, because I was saved. I was born again. I was spirit-filled. There was a power. I, I, I said no to a worldly opportunity. Now, please, it was my journey. I pray for you that if God gives you opportunity, go and play. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to push you into the Springbok team because God's going to put you there for a different purpose than I had, maybe. Amen. Today, it's a professional job. Today, it's an industry. My days, it, wasn't, it, was, it was unknown. We didn't get paid for sport. So I was maybe a bit ignorant, a bit foolish. But it's not the point. The point I'm trying to make is that when you have power in you, sometimes you can say no to certain things because you are serving a cause greater than yourself. Amen. And God looks and God sees. Amen. We used to have situations where, in, 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 in my day, we used to have, we had, we had situations where we used to drink this big drink after the game. And then I was afraid. I said, look, because I, I, I used to look forward to it. I mean, I couldn't afford, I didn't have money to buy a drink. So I used to try and get man of the match to try and drink the drink because it gave me an advantage for the evening. Amen. When I had a big drink like this to mix it. But I never got man of the match. Now I get born again. And I'm saved and I'm playing this game and I'm not, I'm not even trying to play hard. And every time the ball just comes to me and I go, just, I don't want the ball. Because I could get the man of the match and then I'm going to have to drink this drink. And I want to drink it. Now I'm conflicted because I know what's going to happen if I play well. So this day, this day, just one of those days, I don't know, just every time I'm at the right place, right time, get man of the match. And, I, and I'm, 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 I'm panicking in the shower because I've got to go out now. I've got to drink this drink at the clubhouse in half an hour. Well, how do I say no to everybody? Because it was the thing we did. And I saw God's hand, got to this place. I stood for God. I said, no, this, no, that cause, served a cause greater than myself. Sanctification process, journey, commitment. Not always popular, not always nice, not always going with the crowd. We didn't have social media. I wasn't a social media influencer, but I was influenced by the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. And so we got to the clubhouse and I'm, I'm panicking. I mean, I'm, I'm not even thinking. I'm, I'm just, my mind's racing because I've got to drink this drink. And how am I going to say no to the coach and everybody, all the wives and everybody there? And that night comes and it's about to take the drink and the coach says, before we announce all the awards for tonight, our man of the match is Aiden. Everyone goes, and I go, I don't even, I'm just going, oh Jesus, what am I going to do? And looks, he says, but before we give him his, his, his award for the night, he says, we had a meeting this last week. And he says, we decided that because there's too many children and wives around in this place, we're going to stop drinking alcohol. We're going to hand out a cup. And I went, God, you are alive. And I saw the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. When you stand for God, God will change even traditions in clubhouses so He can keep you safe in that place. And God starts this journey with me. A poverty mindset. A stingy person. I used to spend all my money on myself and booze and alcohol and whatever. And by the third of the month, I'd phone my sister to, to tap a loan because I didn't have money for the rest of the month. That's how I lived my life. Stingy. Always only living for me. It was always about me. I, I, I. Always me. I'm offended. I'm, not, I'm hard done by I. And God said, Paul says, it's no longer I that live. But it's the Christ, the power of Christ that lives in me. And the life that I now live, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave His life for me. Oh, yeah, this morning. And so I want to encourage your faith. The Bible says what? He says, so for the promises to you, verse uh, 39. I'm still in, in, uh, in uh, Acts chapter 2. Verse 39, it says, For the promises to you and to your children and to all who are afar off, as many as the Lord our God will call. And with other words, with many other words, he testified and exhorted them, Be saved from this perverse generation. Then those who gladly listened received his word and were baptized. And that day, about 3,000 souls were added. What am I saying to you? I'm saying to you, Paul, Peter preaches, and his ministry grows by 3,000 people, numbers, with one sermon. God is into numbers. Oh, yeah, this morning. 
So one man filled with power has 3,000 added to his ministry. Look what the Bible says. Jesus attracted large crowds. Luke 12 verse 1. Jesus didn't have a small ministry. If you make Jesus small in your mind, change that mindset. He had a big ministry. Luke 12 verse 1. Listen to what the Bible says. Meanwhile, the crowds grew until thousands upon thousands were milling about and crushing each other. When Jesus arrived, thousands of people arrived. We have to build churches that can seat thousands. Why? Because if you preach the true gospel, you can't stay small in whatever you are doing. You can't stay small in your business. You can't stay small in your thinking. You can't stay small in your resources. Why? Because the dunamis power of the Holy Spirit empowers you to grow growing resources and numbers can you say amen this morning I spoke to somebody before the service I bumped into somebody this morning I said how are you doing good pastor I said how's your business doing great pastor I said how's your year been so far great pastor she said we had a great year she said we've just broken the 20 billion rand mark in our business for the first time because she's in charge and I said wow she said I said that's amazing listen to that it's a Christian person speaking about 20 billion in Cape Town she said our goal for this year is 50 billion past and I said this girl has got numbers she understands numbers amen so I pray for you you know who you are I pray for you you'll be 50 billion this year why because God gives you the power to grow in numbers but if you're only thinking in drips and drabs in tens and twenties well you're gonna stay there amen God wants to shift you. Why? Because if God wants to advance His kingdom and He wants you to be a conduit for His kingdom, if God wants you to build His church, if God wants you to advance His church, He wants to bless you beyond measure. But you can't become a swamp. You have to become a conduit for God. Can you say amen this morning? You see, whenever God sent people into their purpose, the promise of their destiny, He never gave them small destinies. Genesis 22 verse 15, the Bible says, Then the angel of God called again to Abraham from heaven, and they says, I, the Lord, have sworn by myself that because you have obeyed me and not withheld even your, your beloved son from me. So don't think that God's blessing comes without sacrifice. The Bible says that this man, what? He sacrificed Isaac. And God said, because you were willing to sacrifice. He didn't take Isaac, but because Abraham was willing to sacrifice something for God. I sacrificed my possible rugby career for God. And God says, I see that sacrifice. I see that you gave that up for me. Therefore, I will what? I will pour out the blessing of heaven over your life. If you try to serve God or advance God's kingdom without sacrifice, that's why tithing is such an issue to so many people. Because it's a sacrifice to give away a portion of your income. It's a sacrifice to serve God's kingdom or God's church. It's a sacrifice to, to plant a home cell. But the Bible says, God said, because you were willing to sacrifice Isaac, and we know God sent a, a ram. He didn't, he didn't take Isaac because Isaac wasn't the Messiah. Christ would be the Messiah. He says, I will bless you. Listen, verse 17. I will bless you with incredible blessings and multiply your descendants into countless thousands and millions. I didn't write the Bible. Listen, this is in the Bible. He says, like the stars above you in the sky and like the sands along the seashore, they will conquer the enemies and your offspring will be a blessing to all the nations of the earth. All because you have obeyed me. I believe some of you tonight, 11 o'clock, 10 o'clock, go outside of your house if you can, switch off all the lights in your house and lie on your back on the grass and look up at the sky and start to claim the blessing of Abraham's promises as the stars in the sky. He says what? Start to shift your capacity. Say, Father, bless my business like the stars in the sky. Father, bless my business like the sand on the seashore. Why? Because the promise of Abraham is to you and me through Christ Jesus. The blessing of Abraham is upon your life. Stop thinking small. Stop thinking limited, lack thoughts. Start to expand your capacity. Think larger thoughts. 
Think bigger visions. Expand your 10 pegs. If you wrote your goal for this year, double it. Why? Because God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that you ask or think according to the power that flows through us. Come on, Christian. The power of God. Amen. It's going to take 400 million to build a building in Cape Town. Don't let the number intimidate you. Some of you go into malls and eat Cinnabons and all the sins that's in your bum. You walk into a multi-billion rand mall, you wouldn't even flinch an eye. You'll walk to the v and sit in a multi-billion rand something, you wouldn't even flinch an eye. But talk about 400 million to build God's church and everyone's got an issue. David has 400 worthless men, the Bible says, who come to him. A worthless bunch of unknowns. And David is in a place where he's fleeing from Saul and his 400 men come to him. And they say, David, we haven't got much to offer, but we've got our time, our talent, our treasure. We'll come and serve with you. The Bible says these 400 men, David turns their lives around when they plug themselves into a cause bigger than themselves. When they submitted under leadership. When they built something bigger than themselves. 400 men. The Bible says these 400 men, when David eventually became king, all 400 men served in parliament. They were all blessed. David remembered all those men. I want to say to you today, when David got to the temple as the king, he, wasn't, he didn't start out as a king. He started out as a faithful shepherd boy. He started out looking after his father's sheep when no one was watching. He couldn't put an Instagram story up about the sheep. He was unknown. But the Bible says the eyes of the Lord roam to and fro, looking to see who is faithful on him. Not who is not sinning, because you will sin for the rest of your life. God will sanctify you. You'll sin less as you seek him. But the Bible says the eyes of the Lord roam to and fro to see, are you faithful? Are you afraid of Christ in public places? Or do you withhold your, your sacrifice at times when God says you, when you know you should be doing something? Have you, have you been blessed beyond measure, but you're hoarding it? You're not, you're not a conduit, you're a swamp. Listen to what the Bible says, Galatians 3.14 in closing. Now God can bless the Gentiles too with the same blessing He promised to Abraham. And all of us as Christians can have the promised Holy Spirit through faith. Listen to what the Bible says. So the same blessing that God blesses Abraham with in Acts, in Genesis, the Bible says the same blessing now comes upon the Gentile through Christ Jesus. So if He said to Abraham, I'm going to bless you with countless thousands and millions, I'm going to make you grow and prosper and increase. And we know the Bible says Abraham was a very prosperous man, not for his own, or his own riches, but for his own wealth. So God wants to give you witty inventions. God wants to give you ideas to flow through your mind. God wants to give you something, an idea that sparks. Because heaven is the invisible places of God's rich ideas. And God wants to pour them out into your spirit. God doesn't want the world to have all the ideas. God wants you to have a rich idea. Because no one gets used outside of being used by a rich idea. Look at everybody that's wealthy today. Everybody that you know that is so-called a success on this earth. They just got an idea. And they apply that idea and they, 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 they make a lot of money off that idea. It's just an idea. Why can't God give you an idea? Why can't God, like Hezekiah, the Bible said Hezekiah was king, a leader of a country, and God gave him an idea to build a tunnel through the, through the rock. Because the enemy said, if we can surround Israel and starve them of water, they're going to die. But Hezekiah got an idea. The Bible said, why? Because he was rich, he was wealthy in his thinking. And God gave him a Hezekiah idea. And he dug, I've been in that Hezekiah tunnel. It's claustrophobic, it's small. But when the enemy arrived, they didn't know that this man had built a tunnel through the rock. 
and the water was actually flowing they sat next to the water and they said well we've got them trapped there's no water in the city but what they didn't know was Hezekiah built a tunnel and the water was flowing and as the enemy thought he's going to starve them of life the water was flowing that's what God does God wants to flow rich ideas through your life but you can't be a, a swamp you have to be a conduit for God your am Lord use me think about that for a moment I don't want your money this morning but I'm saying to you 400 men think about it in this place there's more than 400 people here if 400 people will say God let me give a million to the building project it's 400 million but pastor don't but your but disqualifies your faith I'm not saying you must give it today I'm not saying you must even do it I'm saying why not be bold enough to trust God to bless you with enough to give it why not say God this year it's the year of many breakthroughs give me an idea give me promotions give me increase give me un unfair favor why because the blessing of God flows through me amen now I can see some of you going, huh? It's an example. Now I'm going to be the first one to put up my hand. To say, I'm trusting God this year. Pastor, what are you going to do with Born to Prosper? God gave me an idea. And I, I executed that idea. There it stands outside. A little black book. What does it mean? Nothing. I don't want to be famous. I just did what God told me to do in lockdown. Now can God take that idea around the world? I'm sure He could. Am I trying to get around the world? No. But I'm praying it. Father, take this book around the world. Why? Because if the book goes around the world, I can be the first person to give the million. Why? Because God's going to bless me. What about you? What is God saying to you? What is God telling you to do? What book should you write? What business should you open up? What course should you take? What sacrifice must you make? God's always going to test you on the other side of your sacrifice. Oh, yeah, this morning. The Bible says what? You have a power that flows in you. That blessing of Abraham, amen. We know them that, that the tithe, bring all the tithe into the storehouse. Why? So that I can pour out what? My blessing upon your life. That's why finally, the Bible says this in John chapter, Luke chapter 12. Jesus gave them this illustration. A wealthy landover had, had a farm that produced bumper crops. In fact, it was filled with the barns to overflowing. He thought, what should I do now that every barn is full and I have nowhere else to store more? I know what I'll do. I'll tear down the barns and build one massive barn that will hold all my grain and goods. Then I can just sit back, surrounded with comfort and ease. And I'll enjoy life with no worries at all. And God said to him, what a fool you are to trust in your riches and not in me. This very night, the messengers of death are demanding to take your life. Then who will get all your wealth that you've stored up for yourself? This is what will happen to those who fill up their lives with everything but God. Stand for me this morning over this place. They're in Cape Town North. I pray God is going to unlock your faith. The Lord spoke to me this week and said to me, the intercessors, we're praying for the 400 of David. You might be sitting here today saying, Pastor, make me, Lord, make me one of those 400. Well, no, you're not going to be. I'm one, so you're going to be 399. What I mean, if you put your hand up for God and say, Lord, use me. Use me to build your, your church. We spoke this week, Pastor, I challenged us again. You know, we spoke as a move. Cape Town needs a 5,000-seater building. And we are behind. And I'm responsible. So I say this to us, not because I want your money. I don't preach the sermon. Because the sermon was preached before I went to to, to uh, the advance the Holy Spirit just activated something in me this week again to say we are limiting God by saying XYZ Cape Town needs a large and expansive church when people fly in they must say what is that is it a mall they say no it's a church why because when David built the temple he gave billions 
So don't stand here today being cynical. Don't stand here today being critical. Don't stand here today trying to reason numbers in your head. Don't try and do the maths. Just avail yourself and say, Father, make me the 399. This year, you start to write down. You say, Father, bless me. Bless me this year so I can be that one. That's the 400 that came to David. And if, if you won't do it, the Bible says God will get one to do it. He'll get two to do it. But will you be that person this morning? I really encourage you. The Bible says, what? how does it start? It starts with mustard seed faith. So I don't say today you must think big. I say you must just, just have mustard seed faith. I mean, end big. You're going to end big, but it starts small. If you have faith like a mustard seed, perhaps that's you this morning. Every head, every eye closed all over this place. Those watching us online, those in Cape Town North, come on. This is your presence of God all over this place. We're going to close up the service right now. We're not going to be long, but it's important that you stand here today. You're saying, Pastor, this message has spoken to me. You are a number, sir. You're not a, just an unknown number, but you are a number that's very important to God. To the fields are white unto harvest, but the laborers are few. You're standing here today, you're saying, Pastor, I feel far from God. You might be one person in a large group of people, but you're not unknown to God. God knows every hair on the top of your head. But you're standing in this place saying, Pastor, my life's not right with God. I need a fresh start. I need a new beginning. I've lost myself in this journey the last while, and I realized today I'm not where I should be. I want to report back for duty. I want to get back to that place of faith. That's you today. Don't run from God. I encourage you today. I challenge you. I urge you. Don't run from God, but run to God this morning. How do you start? Just mustard seed faith. Just say yes. That's all you have to do. Just one word. Yes. And when you say yes, God says, now I can take that and I can grow it into a large tree. I'll take your life to increase you. David didn't start in the, in the palace. He started out in the desert. But when he said yes, God started the journey. That's you today. You stay in this place. Believers praying. You stand in the place. You're saying, that's me, Pastor. I need a fresh start. I need a new beginning. I need my, to get my life right with God. I came here today, but I, I realized I'm not where I should be. If I should die in the next 24 hours, I'm not even certain where I'd spend eternity. I can't say with all assurance that I'm saved. I'm not even sure if I'm saved. Well, you can make sure today, sir, ma'am. I'm not asking you to be religious. I'm not asking you to, to try and perfect yourself. I'm asking you just to say yes. To say yes what? To that free gift of the power of the Holy Spirit. To believe in Jesus so God can fill you. And when God fills you, God begins to work in you. That's you today. You're saying, that's me, Pastor. Pray with me this morning. I want to include you in my prayer. Quickly, quietly. Give your life back to Him this morning, man. If that's you, you're saying, that's me, Pastor. Fresh start, new beginning. Just slip up your hand quietly above your shoulder so I can pray with you. Just slip up quickly. Say, that's me, Pastor. I, wanna, I want this fresh start. I want to turn my life back to God. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Come on, lift up your hand quickly. Just say, yes. Say, yeah. Say, yeah. Say, yeah. Up the back. Thank you. Up at the balcony. Thank you, sir. On my left hand side, I see your hand. On the balcony. I'm not trying to auction off Jesus. We've got a close of the service, but it's important. There's not a time right now for us to stand around. Come on, quickly. That's you, unashamedly. Lift up your hand. Say, yes, that's me. I want to give my life back to Christ this morning. Maybe you were serving God one time. You've moved away. You've grown cold. And your love and uh, your, your decision to come back to Him is, is, is important right now. Just say yes to Him. Really, slip up your hand. You haven't done it yet. Shoot it up high. Say, yes, that's me, Pastor. Up, up, up. Thank you. Put your hands down this morning all over this place. We're going to close of the service right now. But it's important for me to pray with you this morning. We want to give you a chance to make your life right with God. Maybe you brought a friend to church. Be that witness this morning. Be that unashamed witness for Christ. I don't want you to stand here this morning feeling condemned. Then you Cape Town North. You're staying in that building. Don't stand there feeling condemned. You're online. Don't stand there sitting there or watching condemned. God is a God of mercy. God is a God of grace. So quickly, quietly, unashamedly, that's you. I want you to take your personal belongings. I want you to turn to your friends. I'm going to walk with you. Leave your seat right now. Come and join me in the front. And we can well, every lovely person here in the front, we are so blessed that you are making this decision this morning. I always say it's not a walk of shame. It is a walk of freedom. This is the best decision that you can make. Many of us here in, um, in this building, every one of us that are serving Jesus today, 
It always starts with one decision, always starts with just turning your, your life towards Jesus. And then there's a journey of following Him. So we're going to pray with you. Come on, church, uh, raise your, or stretch out your hands to them. If you're in the front, put your hand on your heart and say, Lord Jesus, this morning I give you my life. And I thank you for dying on the cross for me. Thank you that you rose from the grave. And thank you that you are alive this morning. Today I invite you to come into my life and I make you the Lord of my life. Empower me to be a child of God and to follow you all the days of my life. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen and amen. Thank you for listening to this powerful message. If your life was impacted in any way and you would want to connect to any of our CRC churches worldwide, then please go visit our website at crccapetown.co.za and click on the Plan a Visit tab. Thank you for listening.